we're just going to pray. Tonight is going to be an interesting night. I just want to deal with some points and some key things um, that I believe are very important. Um, you know, I share on this on quite a regular basis, and I'm very upfront on where Bulldozer Faith stands, where I stand when it comes to the Hebrew Roots movement. But, uh, you know, I just want to... You know, I, I want to deal with some issues tonight, and I, I want to hit uh, the nail on the head and some key things this evening because, you know, we have been counseling uh, and ministering to people, and people write to us from different countries, different places. They share what's going on in their life. They ask for prayer, help with the things that they are going through. And, you know, so we, we do have insight to what is happening out there. You know, we have devoted... Uh, you know, years to go into the Hebrew Roots movement and minister the life of the Spirit and the importance of Yeshua and where he is meant to stand within our lives. So we are going to hit on some points today and I hope it's going to be liberating because, you know, I don't want to see people caught up in false um, religion, false teachings. And, you know, one of the things that we are very strong on, that we are done with religion and that's always been our stand. We are not signing up to rabbinical Judaism. Now, everyone here knows that. We're not signed up to rabbinical Judaism. We want to get back to what the Word says. So we're just going to start in prayer. And then we're going to press into the Scriptures. And I want to encourage you, you know, share this feed with people uh, right now. Share this on your your uh, media outlet. If you're a little scared, don't share it. Just watch it and share it after. You know, if you think this might be a little uh, scary, what's going to happen here? Um, you know, but Father, we thank you for this day. We just ask for a mighty outpouring of your Ruach HaKodesh. May your spirit manifest within our lives to bring transformation. Father, we come at this appointed time at the beginning of Shabbat here in the land of Israel. And we ask, Father, uh, for, for us to speak forth your word, to bring forth your truth. We break the assignments of the enemy and we come against the spirit of confusion and we, we, just, we just say, have your way amongst us, Father. Have your way amongst us because we know, Yeshua, you are the good shepherd. And we rely on you. We press into you. And we need you, Father, because you will save us from being caught up in any forms of deception. And we just want to be protected by your word, by the Holy Spirit. And in the way that we walk and the things that we do, that we will see your kingdom come and your will done. In Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, we've got Lola in Florida. Welcome. We've got Kenny Russell. <laughs> it's working. Um, we've got another Kenny Russell. Yeah, I think I said that. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I said hi to you before sound or after sound. Okay, we've got Cheryl. Shabbat Shalom. Good to see you. Uh, we've got Christy as well. Christy and, and Tony, welcome. Good to see you. We've got Karen. Uh, Christy says that she's uh, uh, she's been listening to the previous studies, playing, the, playing a catch-up. Okay. Yeah, it's a bit like Netflix having a, a binge on teaching, isn't it? Welcome. Good to see you. We've got Russell there. We've got B, Vicky. I'm just going over just in case I didn't say hi to you. We've got uh, Daira with us as well. Welcome. It's so good to have you all join us. Hallelujah. We've got Catherine coming in in the UK. Welcome, Catherine. I uh, hope you and your husband are doing great. Good to see you. All right. So, look, we're going to we're, we're going to hit on some issues because, you know, 
you know, I, I believe it is time. Look, it's not time. I, I'm always talking about this stuff, right? I, you know, I have never hid where I stand in any of this. But, you know, my whole focus is to get on with preaching the word and to minister truth and to deal with the hearts of man. It's not to spend time debating movements, denominations, and all that type of stuff. I just want to be a preacher of the word. And that's how we should be. Welcome, Tanya. Good to see you in New Jersey. Thanks for joining. Uh, we've got uh, Renee as well. Thanks for joining. Good to see you. Um, yeah. So, you know, what we're going to share tonight is I'm just going to put a plumb line down of where our ministry stands, where we stand, uh, you know. But we're also going to deliver a message of love and the importance of reaching out to the body of Messiah. You know, many of you know my testimony, but maybe you're tuned in, you don't know my testimony. I have been in ministry for 30 plus years. I'm an ordained minister. I have a doctorate of theology. I've been teaching the scriptures for over 30 years. Um, I'm devoted to the walk in the spirit. I believe in walking in integrity. I believe in walking in the truth. And, you know, uh, that's my life, is to, to preach the gospel and to minister. And everything we do uh, in our walk is all about reaching out to the brokenhearted. We sacrificially pour out everywhere we know to, to reach those in need. And that's our walk, and that's always been our walk. We're not building our own kingdom. We don't spend time building up all our own personal assets you know, we make money in the marketplace and we use it to preach and to teach the gospel and to minister. And as we are coming up for Shavuot uh, tomorrow evening, it's very important that um, that we spend time just dealing with getting our lives in order, getting our hearts in order. And over the last couple of weeks, I've, I've been dealing with quite a number of people who have been sharing their hearts, uh, sharing what's going on, asking for counsel. And, um, you know, when I listen to some of the stories that I'm hearing, I really believe it is important that um, we communicate where we stand concerning the Hebrew roots right now as we're about to walk into Shavuot because we want to get our hearts in order. Number one, so you understand, I never joined or I'm, a, I'm not a part of the Hebrew Roots movement. Now, I minister to fellowships and people within the Hebrew Roots movement, but I will never compromise my message. I will, I will minister with Yeshua that you are saved by grace through the Messiah, Yeshua. You know, I minister on the importance of who Yeshua is. He is the way to the Father. You know, we are called to walk in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the person of the Holy Spirit. I believe in who Yeshua is. I believe in who the Father is. But he is one God, you know. It, you know, there, there's three components. And, I'm, you know, I'm not afraid to discuss these things. I'm not, I'm not teaching Catholic doctrine. But we clearly see the difference between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit within the scriptures, you know? I believe that we see the writings that Yeshua says he is leaving so that he can send the spirit of truth. And Yeshua is the way, the truth, and the life. So, of course, the Holy Spirit is connected to 
Yeshua, of course, because it's truth, but it's not just the spirit of Yeshua. You know, the Holy Spirit is a person as well. And, you know, some people will argue over this, have a bit of a barney over this, and think this is Catholic doctrine. I think we can go back to the Scripture and we can see how the Holy Spirit operates, even in Genesis over creation. But uh, when it comes to the Hebrew Roots Movement, when we came to Israel back in uh, 2011, uh, we prayer walked the land for one and a half years, and I was just a normal Christian minister, uh, preacher of the gospel, in love with Yeshua, ministering the love of Yeshua to this generation. And I prayer walked the land, and I asked the Father, what are you doing in the land? What are you doing here, and how do I become a part of it? I want to walk in his ways. I want my life to be shaped in accordance with the will of God. I'm not trying to set up, uh, you know, where do I belong with regard to movements or denominations. I don't believe we should be joining movements. I believe we should be living out the word. You know, in the book of Acts, they couldn't even work out what to call the early believers. They called them those of the way. Or they called them little anointed ones. You know, uh, uh, Christian Christ, Christ-like, you know, that's what Christian means. And some people are offended. You know, if you call me a Christian, oh, that that's terrible. What do I call myself now? I'm walking in the Torah, walking in his ways. What do I call himself? I'm just a follower of Yeshua. I'm a believer of Yeshua. I can walk with people in the Christian church. I can walk with people in the Hebrew roots, you know, because, you know, when I came to Messiah and I asked for salvation, uh, you know, it was Jesus Christ who saved me. I didn't know his his name, Yeshua, Yeshua, the Mashiach, the Messiah. I didn't understand those things. I'm not uh, connected, nor do I support any form of sacred namers who say, if you don't get saved in this way with this name, if you're not baptized or mikvahed in this name, then you're not saved. So you've got to repent and come to salvation all over again. I don't believe that. Why? Because the guaranteed seal of your salvation is the Holy Spirit. So if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, he's your guaranteed seal. Are you hearing from him? My sheep know my voice. And many people who are coming into a Hebraic walk you know, are starting to follow different types of teachers and they're being led down streams of deception. They're being led down paths where we come away from the Great Commission. We come away from what is important regarding our assignment as believers. So now it's all about getting knowledge and it's all about learning instead of about doing the works of Messiah. Instead of making his name famous, making him known, <clears throat> we spend all our time thinking that we've got to undo all the things we've learned in the Christian church. And, you know, if it's in the Christian church, it must be wrong. And then we, oh, look, oh, here we're coming into these new revelations because we can say things in Hebrew, you know. You know, what name were you saved in? If you're saved in the name of Jesus, that's okay. When we do Livingstone Torah outreach and we go out in the streets and minister and we've got people in the Hebraic environment, I, I make it very clear. When you go out there, you're not going out uh, to tell them about Yeshua. You're talking about Jesus because they don't understand anything else. You, it's okay to use the name Jesus. 
You know, how many times have I cast out devils in the name of Jesus? How many miraculous miracles have I seen in the name of Jesus? Have I been saved from death when, uh, you know, when, when, I, when my life has been threatened in the name of Jesus? Yes, there is power in the name of Jesus. And yes, his name is Yeshua, and I want to call him Yeshua. I'm not walking in Catholic doctrine, you know. But, you know, I want to make it very clear when it comes to the Hebrew Roots movement where we stand, you know. I have ministered at Hebrew Roots conferences and, you know, I've gone to, the, uh, to those that organize those conferences. I've talked with them before I've ever spoke at the conferences. You know, I've even been played out on uh, Hebrew Roots um, uh, television platforms radio platforms and that's okay but every time they take a feed of my ministry of the things that I teach I make it very clear to them and to those who are playing me out I say to them this I don't mind if you play it out because I want to preach the gospel and minister the truth to everybody you know but uh, if you play out my messages I need I need to know that you know what I teach and on some networks and on some platforms, I've gone to the, the organizers of those networks and I've said to them, I preach against your other teachers. You know, do you really want to play me out on your platform? Because you don't have to. Because you are the people requesting that my ministry is played on your platform. You know, you've asked for my content. I'm not paying to be on your platform. And any network can take our ministry resources, our RSS feeds for podcasts, for radio, for TV. Anyone can take our feeds. If any TV network wants any of our programming, we'll package it for them, uh, for their programming. That is fine. It doesn't matter. You know, we want to get the gospel out there and minister the gospel of the king. So I've made it very clear. You know, I've spoke at these conferences. I even gave two years two years where what I did is I invested my time and I predominantly, well, almost 90, 98% of the places I ministered were Hebrew Roots gatherings. And I went there and I ministered on the life of the Holy Spirit, the importance of the commission. Do we understand evangelism? Do we understand outreach? Do we understand bringing the love of Yeshua, Jesus, to this generation? And these are things that I've been very clear and I've spoke on. And we had signs and wonders and miracles within Hebrew roots groups where they were coming alive. Many of you know how I feel about the Torah portion. I don't do the Torah portion. I don't believe Yeshua did the Torah portion. And some of you might think, well, that's you know crazy. Why? Because Yeshua got up and inquired of the Father. And he said this, I only do what I see my father do. You know, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do the readings of the Catholic Church to identify with a Catholic. I wouldn't do the, the weekly readings of the Methodist Church to identify with the Methodists. I'm thinking of all the denominations that actually put out their weekly uh, bulletin worldwide for their denominations. You know, Baptists can preach whatever they want. They're not controlled by the Baptist Union. But for all the denominations which are, uh, you know, this is what we're going to preach, the Church of England, the Anglican system. Look, I'm not going to go through the Anglican uh, uh, prayer uh, order for the day, you know, for this Sunday, so I can identify with Anglicans. No, I'm going to preach the gospel. 
And I'm not going to do the Torah portion just because there's so many people in the Hebrew Roots Movement or Hebraic. Look, I, I cannot see the evidence in the Scripture that that's what Yeshua did. He never instructed his disciples, let's go over this week's Torah portion because we're just going to meet the Pharisees. He never did that. He always taught to be led and to walk by the Spirit. And everywhere we go, the word of the Spirit might be un- well, will be unique to every, every people group that we're speaking. And if we're in ministry, if we're in genuine ministry, we shouldn't be going around ministering the same word, you know, 600 times. We should be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and we should bring forth the word of the Spirit to those that we are ministering to. You know, that's what we're called to do. We're called to minister the word of the Holy Spirit. So we want to speak the truth. So I prayer walked the land for one and a half years in 2011 into 2012. My life was radically transformed. You know, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a student of the word. I'm a mature believer. I'm not a new believer, you know, just coming into things. No, this word is part of my life. I have put this word within my being. You know, I live and I spend my life in the scriptures. I'm a mature believer of the scriptures. And when the Father started to reveal things and started to deal with problems within my Christian faith, started to deal with uh, uh, stuff that, you know, I thought was true and, uh, you know, deal with uh, the feasts, you know, he dealt with these things back in 2009. In 2009, when we lived in America, or 2007, maybe it was, uh, 2007, the Father said, get all forms of paganism out of your Christian experience. So we started dealing with the pagan practices. And, you know, when that word came to me back in 2007, I'm like, oh, that'll be a great message to preach. I'll preach on getting paganism out. I didn't realize that I was having to deal with paganism within my own life. Today, I don't follow Christmas, you know, from back then. You know, we stopped doing Easter many years ago. We did Passover from a long time back, you know. Uh, You know, round our table on on Friday and and over the weekends. We didn't do Easter. It wasn't until we lived in Israel that we started observing the Sabbath, you know, because I saw so many testimonies of even Messianic believers and Messianic leaders when they were outside Israel. I didn't see them keeping the Sabbath. I saw them going shopping, doing their normal thing. Oh, we're just free in Jesus. We're free. Hallelujah. You know, I've, I've seen I've seen them eat uh, black pudding. I've seen them eat bacon sandwiches, all sorts of crazy stuff. Oh, yeah, no, we're not under that. Do I believe in the food laws? Yes, I do. I believe the food laws are important. We're not called to eat pork. You know, it's not good for you. It's also a command in the scriptures. We have got to eat that which is clean. Hallelujah. So, you know, I I was walking on this journey. We started keeping Sabbath when we came to the land. And, you know, I would even see people get offended at me in the land over you know, keeping Sabbath and wanting to have that day of rest. Well, you know, you know, any day can be your Sabbath. Well, you know, just go back to the scripture and read the fourth command. Can any day be the Sabbath when it says, number four, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy? Remember it? What? It was, it was instigated when? Right back in Genesis? Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. The, you know, the Israelites were tested regarding the Sabbath when the manna was given, the double portion. 
so you will enter into his rest. What are you going through today? Are you entering into his rest? What are you going through today? Are you losing connection with the Holy Spirit because you've got all these teachers that are teaching religion, false doctrine, and, and trying to lead you away from the Messiah? How many people come back to a Hebraic understanding and end up denying Yeshua? Uh, you know, how many testimonies do I know of people who've denied Yeshua, who were on fire with Yeshua before they came into a Hebraic understanding because of certain teachers and the things they taught? It took them away where they could no longer identify with evangelism. They could no longer identify with ministering in the gifts of the Spirit because the people they were surrounded by, the people they were around were telling them, oh, that's not the Holy, that's not the right Spirit. You know, that's the Spirit of the church. You can't speak in tongues. You can't do this. You can't walk like that. Listen, as we connect with the land, as we look at things from a Hebraic perspective, it is so healthy. We want to delve into the roots of, of uh, of the word, of the land, of what's happening. But we are not called to subscribe to Judaism. You know, Messianic Judaism is a little bit out there, you know. We're not meant to be part of Judaism at all. <laughs> Some of you watching might be thinking, well, that's a little weird. No, it's not a little weird. We don't need, you know, we shouldn't be wearing kippahs. We shouldn't be walking around with our prayer shawls and all these different things. It's not in the scripture, you know. And, you know, I've been arrested from time to time by rabbis on their tour groups with their students, yeshiva students, you know, because I had tzitzit. And, uh, like, where's your kippah? Where's your kippah? I'm like, well, I'm not Catholic. You know, why would I wear a kippah? I'm not Catholic. You know, where's your blue cord and your tzitzit? You know, doesn't it say in Numbers chapter 15 you should have a blue cord? Why are you just wearing white? Because you can't work out where the snail is, you know, where the actual purple color is. Oh boy, I'm telling you, you know, but we want to wake up the, the believers in Messiah and get a balance to how we live our life. So, you know, you know, I am serious when I say I'm not part of the Hebrew Roots movement. I didn't join a movement. I launched the Hebrew Roots Center in the Galilee and I never even knew what a Hebrew Roots group was. I, I'd never met anyone in the Hebrew Roots movement when I launched the Hebrew Roots Center. When I took the revelation of the things that the Father gave me that were Hebraic in understanding, you know, never once was I losing connection with who the Holy Spirit was. Never once was I moving into legalism. Was You know, it was a journey I was on, but I was taking that journey and walking through Scripture and confirming it with Scripture. I never subscribed ever to, uh, well, I, I, that's not actually true. I did do Torah portions at the beginning. Because I was told that's what we're meant to do. And then I started to see just how how, how much, you know, how heavy those meetings were. You know, a midrash, goodness me, I call it a rash in the middle. You know, you know, how, you know, that that is not a midrash. Oh, brother, I just love the midrash. I just love to get to that time where we all sit around as brothers and we're going through the Torah portion. You know, it's a rash in the middle. I've been to a couple of groups where it's been quite interesting and good, but, you know, where's the life of the Spirit? You know, when someone has a word, when you're doing the Torah portion, and they want to share it, oh, no, brother, don't don't share that word right now. We just have to wait. 
you know, uh, let's just uh, get through the Torah portion and then you can share your word after. Well, let me tell you something. After is not coming. Because by the time you get through your Torah portion, it's two and a half hours later, you're exhausted and worn out because you've got some immature believers, some, you know, mature believers. But then you've got these believers that spend... You know, I call them the die-hard Torah portion people. You know, they go on the internet, they start studying all the rabbinic understanding concerning that week's Torah portion, and they're just waiting for their moment in that Torah meeting uh, in Midrash. You know, when that verse comes up, then they're going to drop the the wisdom bomb, you know, and share. And, and I'd ask them, who told you that? Where did you get that word? And, oh, I got it from this website and that website. And I went back and started researching where people were getting their information from. And I started to realize that in my house, in my house, was rabbinic understanding, was being taught, was being shared in my house. When Yeshua said, do not follow the Pharisees. Don't follow them. Why? They are blind leading the blind. Why are they blind? Because they deny Yeshua. So when they're studying the Torah, they're not studying the Torah from the perspective of where Yeshua is. Oh, but that's not how we do it. You know, we study it with, you know, we're always bringing Yeshua out in it. Okay, so why are you dressed the way you're dressed? Why are you acting the way you're acting? You know, just just look around and just ask yourself the question. Do you look like you're uh, walking around like you're in Judaism? Or do you look like you're walking around as a disciple of the Messiah, you know, just relax, you know, we don't have to be cloned, enjoy your faith, if you're Jewish, enjoy your faith in Messiah, you don't need Judaism, you don't need Judaism to be Jewish and walking in Messiah, you're not denying your faith, you are Jewish, you know, you're not losing your Jewishness by walking in Messiah, but you are not called to follow rabbinical Judaism. That's why we're not doing Shavuot last night. You know, Shavuot is it's the, the morrow, the day after the, the regular Sabbath, which is this Sunday. And that's when we celebrate Shavuot. Now, you know, many people within the Mercianic world, they understand that. And they will be keeping Shavuot uh, on Sunday, you not know, in the middle of the week in accordance with rabbinical Judaism's order. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to walk in that way. So we need to understand if you're new walking in the Torah, if the Father's waking you up and saying, I'm bringing you back to the roots. You know, look, what did Yeshua say in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17? Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Now, like how he groups it together. You can't single this out. Well, the law is done away with, but I'll keep the prophets. No, let's just look at what he says. Don't think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. He's grouping it together. He's saying, don't misunderstand me. I'm about to start speaking. I'm about to start uh, communicating the words of the Father through the Son. And I don't want you to think that I have come to abolish the law because I haven't, nor the prophets, you know. 
it takes a theologian to confuse us at times, doesn't it? You know, when we start seeing some of the stuff that they bring out. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them, to to fill them up, to bring them into the clearest understanding so you can understand them. And that's what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 18. Moses says, there is one coming like me and you must listen to him. If you don't, according to Acts chapter 3, you will be completely cut off. You have to listen to him. So what what are they expecting the Messiah to do when he comes? They're expecting him to bring forth the interpretation and understanding of the Torah. Now, under rabbinical Judaism, they have more authority than God. I don't know if you know that. I would not be following any system, any form of Judaism, where their writings, the Talmud, the Zohar, um, you know, what are they seeking to do? They have more authority than God. If they make a decision and it, it breaches the scripture, their decision goes. And they did that in the area of marriage. They did that in the area of the calendar. They did that in the area of saying, you don't have to say the name. Don't say the name. You know, so I say Yehovah. I don't mind if someone says Yahweh. I don't mind if they say God. I don't mind if they say Lord. You know, yes, we can understand the name of how we see it and we can we can share Yehovah. That's okay. When I minister to people in the land, I say Yehovah. I don't say Hashem. And I've not met anyone that's been offended because I say Yehovah. I don't see them get offended. Oh, brother, you know, you're disrespectful towards the Jewish people because you're not saying Hashem. No, I'm not going to say the name. No, I'm going to let my name be known. That's what it says 6,000 plus times. So let his name be known. I don't care who I offend when I'm speaking forth the word. That's why I'm sharing this with you now, because I believe it's time, you know, as we come into Shavuot, let's walk in the freedom of the spirit. You know, I've had people come up to me and they, you know, you know, I've heard what people have said about me and my ministry behind uh, uh, you know, behind my back, people have reported things that's been said about me. And then I meet with them and I have breakfast with them or lunch with them or whatever. We sit down and talk and I ask them the question, what do you think I believe? And we start talking about what we believe. And then they start to realize, wait a second, maybe we're more on the same page than not on the same page. Because some of the things that they think I believe are wacko, wacko out there. And let me tell you something. Some of the biggest names in the Hebrew Roots movement, I wouldn't waste five minutes listening to anything they have to say because they are not promoting Yeshua as the Messiah and they are not bringing the life of the Holy Spirit and they're not activating the body of Messiah into action to make disciples in this generation. And what's Shavuot all about? It's about going into the world and making disciples. Don't leave until you receive power from on high don't leave don't leave you know uh, if you put a blindfold on right now you know and, and you just and you stand up in, in your house and uh, and you've got a blindfold on and, and someone in your house says come follow me and just walks away and you've got a blindfold on you know how are you going to know where to go? How do you know where the door is? How do you know if you're going to fall over the coffee table? How do you know if you're going to fall down the stairs? You know, so follow me. Follow me. What? You're just going to, like, you know, feeling your way around. This is not how you're called to live your life of faith. When Yeshua says, come follow me, he gives you instructions. 
He gives you understanding. He gives you wisdom. Go to the left. Go forward. Go to the right. You know, watch this danger. Stop. He gives you instructions. It's not just come follow me and you just go and, and you fall over all this false doctrine, all these lying devils. You know, that's why any group that's involved in rabbinical practices... You know, look, I've spoken in those areas, and that's okay. As long as the leaders understand my stand. You know, I'm not going to come in and be a man-pleaser. I'm not going to come in and teach. I'm going to come and teach on the love of Yeshua, the life of Yehovah, and how to be released and walk in the Spirit and see the victory of Yeshua manifest in your life. That's what I'm going to teach. So if any group wants me to come and speak, I'll go speak. But you might get offended over the things that I say, you know. But as I went into, uh, you know, diehard Torah study groups and ministered on the life of the Spirit, you know, look, I when I tell them, throw away your Torah portions, you should have seen their faces in some place. But leaders would call me up and they'd say, listen, Kenny, you know, we've been doing Torah portion readings for the last 20 years, doing all this stuff, you know. We don't have miracles. We don't have signs and wonders. But when you came and ministered this message of liberation and freedom, people were healed. People started to hear the voice of God. Someone got filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. What should we do? Like, get rid of your Torah portion. Study the Torah. Come on. We need to know the Torah. But stop following Judaism. Stop following the practices of Judaism. What did Yeshua say? He said, Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is, is light. What's he talking about? Get delivered from religion. Oh, listen. I am the number one person against religion. All religions. I'm against religion in all form. If you're in a Christian church caught up in religion, I'm against that system. And I'm going to preach against that system. But it doesn't mean I'm, I won't walk into that system and teach if I'm invited. As long as they clearly understand who I am and what I teach. And it doesn't take long to find out who I am. You can go on YouTube. You can go on Facebook, whatever. You know, on our websites, you can see what I teach. You can see where I stand. But let me tell you. When I've been hearing the testimonies of what people are going through. And listen, I don't get this all the time, you know, because I get testimonies on an ongoing basis of how people are encouraged, they're blessed, they're transformed, you know. But from time to time, I get people calling me up and they start telling me the stories of what's happening. And there's there's one young lady... Uh, a uh, married woman and her husband who, who called me and shared with me the things that they are going through. You know, when you've got a leader within the Hebrew Roots movement telling them because you're on different types of pills, you know, for anxiety, depression, if you're on those pills, you're going to hell. You know, or telling them, you know, there is no hope for you. You cannot be saved. You are, you are damned. You can't, the Holy Spirit's rejected you. You can't come back. And, and they're in tears. Why? It's abuse. They're being abused 
uh, by these groups. If you're not saved in this name, the words that you think God spoke to you, they're not the word of God because it didn't come in a Hebraic way. Well, let's look at the Welsh revival. Let's just think about what happened when they all came in from England on the train. None of the people who were coming to faith were Bible students. They weren't brought up in the church. You know, it was a dark time in the UK. They're just heathens. And they're on the train falling on their faces. And what are they crying out? Jesus, have mercy on me. Save me. To the level where they all poured out the train station at Newport in Gwent, just over the Welsh border. And they went right to the street where I used to live, Lower Dock Street. And uh, there's an old drill hall there right now. And that, that church, all the people came out of the train station, ran across the road. They would just want to run into the first church and said, what's happening to us? What's going on? We have no idea what's happening. We're repenting of our sins. We're weeping. You know, we're being supernaturally transformed. The Holy Spirit is saving them, setting them on fire, transforming them. Someone teach me what's going on, what's happening. So where do we stand? We are a ministry who believes that the Torah is for today. It's not done away with because Yeshua says it's not done away with. And why is this important? Why is it important that we have this viewpoint? Because, uh, you know, in the book of Hebrews, we have the Hall of Faith. I love the Hall of Faith. I don't know about you. In Hebrews chapter 11, right at the end, it's got a very important verse. You know, and listen, in the Hebrew Roots movement, there's teachers and leaders that think the book of Hebrews shouldn't be in the Bible. There's teachers that believe that Paul's writings shouldn't be in the Bible because it's conflicting with their message and the things that they teach. Let me tell you something. I believe that Matthew to Revelation is Scripture, just as much as Genesis to, um, uh, to Micah, Malachi. Um, you know, it's Scripture. The, the Tanakh is Scripture. The Gospels are Scripture. All the way to Revelation. It is Scripture. Okay? The Father has breathed it. He has, he has crafted it. Why? Because when we look at it, what do we see? We see, um, we see the handprint of the Father, you know, from Genesis to Malachi, from, from uh, Matthew to Revelation. We see the handprint of the Holy Spirit over it. Why? Ma- Matthew to Revelation, what do we see there? We see the understanding of the Tanakh being revealed. It's not the Old Testament and the New Testament, Okay. So I want you to understand where I stand on those issues. When I am studying the scripture, I'm looking at it as the word of Yehovah. Okay? The Mercianic writings. I don't call it the, the New Covenant. The Hadashah, Matthew to Revelation. I call it the Mercianic writings. It's still scripture, but it's explaining the Tanakh. If you're reading something in the Mercianic writings... You, you have to ask the question, what is this talking about and where does it relate to in the Tanakh? And I want to go there. Um, there was a ministry, uh, TV, uh, YouTube television channel that came out. I don't know when it was, if it was a week ago or two weeks ago. Maybe it's old news. Maybe I just um behind the, uh, you know, what's happening. I'm not, I'm not studying what's happening out there within the Hebrew Roots movement. But one organization came out and said, you know, why I left the Hebrew Roots Movement. And, uh, you know, I listened to what they had to say today as I was walking, I was praying. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to listen to what they what they are sharing because I, I saw Doug Hemp 
uh, had uh, the guy on his show and you know I love Doug up there in Colorado and uh, really blessed to know him and call him a friend and um, I just wanted to listen to what his story was so I went on listened to the story and I listened to all the things I've been through in the Hebrew Roots movement and I'm telling you you know this is exactly what's what's going on what he was sharing was was really quite interesting but you know I've spent the last number of years ministering into that environment to say come out of this stuff you know we had such a mighty outpouring of the spirit the last time I did revive it was so powerful people were being filled with the spirit the manifestations of the glory of God were transforming people were being healed they were being released in evangelism you know how many testimonies did we have people weeping why are we not doing the great commission thank you for bringing us this word thank you for sending us to go and minister to the broken-hearted hallelujah you know every, every room we had went over capacity to the place where uh, people security were telling people they couldn't come into the rooms anymore but that last day when we ministered on the holy spirit and prayer the holy spirit poured out and you know so many people were filled with the holy spirit for the first time they were singing in tongues they were praying in tongues it was an incredible outpouring it, the, the whole hallway was all blocked for people coming out of all the other groups well one of the leaders one of the teachers not one of the leaders of the the organization one of the teachers called me up and he's like you know how dare you come to our conference and bring all this stuff how dare you say all these things how dare you you know bring you know pentecostal christianity to the hebraic uh, movement and i'm like you know look i already went to the network leaders i already told them what i teach and i asked them permission this is what i'm going to teach on you know this is what i preach and i sat down with them i flew all the way into to nashville to wherever it was and and i sat with the leaders and i said i need to know if you know what i teach because you don't have to play me out you don't have to invite me to your conference you know i don't have to come to your conference if you want me to come i'm going to minister on the life of the spirit if you want me to come i'll come and i'll teach why because i am not of any reputation i don't care what people think about me i don't care you know oh you're guilty by association no i'm guilty by association with messiah and the messiah who did he go to he went to those who were broken he went to the poor he went to uh, the drunkards he went to the prostitutes he went to the broken-hearted oh you can't do that you know you have to just uh, be around our people you can't speak to those people he healed uh, gentiles those of the nations you know even when he said you know i haven't come for you i've come for the lost sheep of the house of israel so listen it's not about your reputation it's not about my reputation we're called to preach the gospel and minister the truth of Yehovah and bring life to this generation and if people want to label you, like I said, we called it the Hebrew Roots Center in the Galilee, and we had never even heard of the Hebrew Roots. We went into America. I only preached uh, pretty much in churches, house groups, um, home fellowships, uh, youth meetings, and over 2,000 people came back to the roots of the faith and started embracing the importance of keeping the sabbath walking in the feasts 
following the Torah and just denouncing Christmas, denouncing Easter and all these things and waking up to the truth. And I never invited them into the Hebrew Roots movement. But, you know, when I look back over the years and I look at what's going on and I look at the messages that are being taught, there's so many people who woke up to the truth and then they got caught in the cycles of false doctrine of the Hebrew Roots movement. And then what happened? Their fire went out, you know. And look, I, I'm not responsible uh, you know, one of the things that this TV network guy was saying, and, and you know, bless him, you know, he's he's been walking with the father for about 11 years, about eight years on the Hebraic walk and just came out, you know, but one of the things he was saying, you know, he was really panicking about all the people he'd had on his network and allowing the platform for them to share their message and what they had delivered. And, you know, What's important that, you know, you don't cut people out of your life just because, well, they might they might not have the truth or they might have this uh, viewpoint that might be different from mine. And I'm responsible to my listeners, to those who watch my shows. Listen, you're not because if you should be training people to be yielding to the Holy Spirit and not to man, if your network, if you think your network is so powerful that it's going to shape how people live, then you're not teaching the people to grow into maturity. See, learning or making disciples is this, is to teach people to know the voice of God and to walk in the Spirit and also to be able to test everything according to the Word. So if you hear a teacher say something that doesn't weigh up with the Word, you know, you can have, you know, I have people on my show, I have people who share I don't know all of their background, all of their things. There, there's uh, there's broadcasts I have on YouTube, and I don't endorse the ministries of the people uh, who were on those YouTube um, uh, broadcasts. You know, but if I will teach people to be in line with the Spirit, it says in the Word, "Don't trust man, don't follow man." Why is it when men fall or women fall? All of a sudden, everyone's falling around because they were building their kingdom. They weren't teaching people to know the Holy Spirit. So all we've got to do is make sure it's understood that the view that the view of the individual you're interviewing, might they might not hold the same views as you. But it doesn't mean you can't be their friend. It doesn't mean you can't minister with them. You know, we, we have to have a little bit more tolerance. So... Am I against the Hebrew Roots movement? I'm against a lot of uh, what the the leaders within that movement are teaching. Yes, I'm against a lot of the stuff that they teach. I'm not coming against their names personally. The, you know, there's certain people. I'm not going to minister with them. I'm not going to do things with them because I am understanding the things that they are teaching. If, if you're If you're following teachers and they are not equipping you you know, to be effective in outreach and the Great Commission and Yeshua's not the center and they t- take you away from the gifts of the Holy Spirit, then get away, from them as, get away from them as fast as you can. You know, you don't want to spend time with those types of people. You don't want to be around those types of ministries. We want to be around life, you know. That's where we've got to be. And, you know, some of you watching that's been following our ministry since 2012, you know that we are not going to compromise 
on the importance of the Messiah and the importance of outreach on the importance of ministering to the needs of others. We're not going to sit down and just fill up, you know, and fatten up the calf of understanding. That is not what we're going to do. Listen, you know, it's far better for you to develop your your relationship with the Holy Spirit and walk in His ways than it is for you to become so knowledgeable that, you know, no, because if you are all knowledgeable but you can't even do the works of the Spirit, then what do you have? When that fire comes on the end and burns up all the stuff that's not of God, you know, what are you going to be left with? Are we witnessing? Are we sharing our faith? Are we ministering? Are we laying hands on the, uh, the, the sick? You know, are we looking after the widows? Are we looking after the brokenhearted? Where do we stand? You know, Hebrews chapter 11, that's the verse I was uh, getting to. Hebrews chapter 11, it says in verse 39, it's the hall of faith. It says, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God, Elohim, had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. So only together with us. So they didn't receive what had been promised. What, what did Abraham see? He, he understood the gospel. The gospel was preached to him right back in Genesis chapter 12. The gospel was preached to him. You know, we are going to walk in the fullness together. Hallelujah. You know, if you're, if you're struggling with, uh, you know, the, oh, uh, well, you know, brother, I believe the Torah and the prophets are done away with. You know, what does it say in Jeremiah chapter 31? And let's just talk about um, the renewed covenant for a second. Um, because on this broadcast that I listened to today, this uh, YouTube, this gentleman, I love his heart, you know. I don't know anything about his ministry. So, you know, I'm not endorsing his ministry. don't know anything about him. Um, you know, I'm not saying I agree with him. I'm not saying I don't agree with him. I just believe he's someone who's hungry and thirsty to walk in the, the ways of Yeshua. That's what he wants to do more than anything. But what does it say in Jeremiah chapter 31? It's, it's the covenant. A time is coming, declares Yahweh, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Okay? What does it say here? It says that, uh, verse 34, No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother, saying, No, Yahovah, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares Yahovah. For I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. Hallelujah. So let me tell you something. Do you believe in evangelism? Do we have to evangelize today? This is what I share with the church. Of course we believe in evangelism. Why? Because there's people out there who have never heard the gospel once. As I minister in the land of Israel, the majority of the people I minister to have never heard the gospel. They've heard what's been taught by the rabbis concerning who Jesus is, Yeshua is, but they've never heard the gospel. And as I share who Yeshua is within the Torah, they come alive, they start to wake up, they hunger, they thirst, they want to know more. They've never heard the gospel. So as long as there's people who haven't heard the gospel, there's prophecies that have not been fulfilled. We know that the Messiah is coming again. The second coming of the Messiah. We know he is coming again. So where do we find that? We have 
prophecies concerning the end times. We have prophecies concerning the millennial kingdom. We've got prophecies concerning a new heaven and a new earth. You know, so there's so many prophecies that are not fulfilled. So from a Christian perspective, if all you're trying to do is get the Jews back to Israel and then the end will come, you're missing reading the Torah because the Torah doesn't say it's the Jews that's coming home. It says the whole house of Israel is coming home. Oh, brother, just get the Jews home. Everything's going to be fine. And then when the Messiah comes, he'll gather everyone else from the ends of the earth. He'll gather them back to the land. Glory, glory, hallelujah, job complete. No, because in Deuteronomy chapter 30, it says, I will bring you back to Torah in the nations. I will circumcise your heart. I will bring you back to the land. I will restore you to the land. You will be more prosperous than your forefathers. That's more prosperous than Solomon, by the way. And this is not modern day Israel. It's not modern day Zionism. This is not revival in Torah that I see in the land here. I believe that there that we are on the, the verge of a mighty outpouring of the Spirit. That's why I'm speaking on this tonight. And I want you to get this understanding tonight. We are standing in the gap for a mighty outpouring and awakening right here in the land of Israel. I believe hundreds of thousands, if not millions, in the land are going to come to Yeshua. Oh, well, that's a bit big out there. Well, if the coronavirus with the spirit of fear can lock up the entire planet, pretty much, what can the spirit of love do? The greatest love story ever told as the Father pours out in the land of Israel. Modern-day Zionism and its Masonic agenda will be broken. You know, and, and don't think for one second that it's just... America, Washington, D.C., and its Masonic Luminati platform. Let me tell you something. It's so rooted in modern-day Zionism. You know, we've got idols guarding all the ports and all the entrance points into this country. You come in from Egypt into Israel in a lat, and you've got the first roundabout you come to. It's a, a, a monument, a gateway for uh, uh, Freemasonry. As you come in, you can go online and have a look it up. You know? So what have we got to do? We have got to get to the place where we recognize that if we are going to have a mighty outpouring of the Spirit, we've got to understand who we are. What's your identity? We are called to be Israel. And, you know, there's a reason why my wife and I, we didn't spend a lot of time in the nations in Mercianic congregations because every time we walked in, I wanted to throw up because they just looked like rabbinic. Uh, it looked like rabbinic Judaism. You know what? I don't want to walk in that environment. We are called to walk in the freedom of Yeshua, and yes, we're called to follow His laws. But you know what? Do we take? How do we see bulldozer of faith? How do we see the new covenant? I don't care if you call it new. I don't care if you call it renewed. But let's ask the question. What do we see in this covenant? What is this covenant? You know, you've got some will say, it's not renewed, it has to be new. But the reasons for saying it's new is because of how we deal with things like the Levitical order. So, was the Levitical order put in because the Father had to develop a plan to bring his people back to restoration? 
You know, we don't need sacrifices. We don't need all those things. Yeshua is our atoning sacrifice. He has paid the price. But the reason why it's a renewed covenant is on the basis of marriage. It is all about the marriage. That's why I call it a renewed covenant. It's not renewed that, you know, there's practices and things that we see in Torah under Levitical order that those things have to be restored and have to take place. I don't wear tzitzit every day. Some of you might be shocked, you know. You know, I wear tzitzit now and again, whenever. You know, why do you wear tzitzit, brother? It's a command. It's a command. Look, it was because of their rebellion, because of their lifestyle, the things that they were going through, uh, you know, and that, that's why the command was brought forward, you know. But it says, wear it on your four-corner garments. If you're not wearing a four-corner garment, should you wear tzitzit? Should I put tzitzit strings in my belt loops? You know, is that biblical? Is that what we see in the Word? I don't see that in the Word. I, I started wearing tzitzit in my belt loops. I've taught on tzitzit. I've taught on Numbers chapter 15, you know. And, you know, if you wear tzitzit every day, that's okay. That's fine, you know. If you've got a four-corner garment on, that's fine. Um... Where are we at? So why do I think it's a renewed covenant? I believe that Jeremiah 31 is a renewed covenant. I believe it is for all nations. It is for the house of Judah and the house of Israel. Any one of the nations have to be grafted in. If you're grafted in, it's not because that you were one part of the lost tribes and all God is doing is gathering his people together because he doesn't care about the world. No, John chapter 3 Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would have everlasting life. So what's the good news of the marriage? What's the importance of the marriage? I don't hear a lot of ministries teaching on the marriage. Well, it's not really a marriage. Well, what are the commandments? They're the ketubah. They're the conditions of the marriage. Well, brother, you're taking that from the Talmud. That's a Talmudic understanding. Yeah, I know they write about it in the Talmud. But I also, when I study the scriptures and I start reading what the Torah is saying, you know, if Exodus 19 is not preparation for the I do, I do for marriage, I don't know what is. Cleanse yourself. Prepare. Come before me. Why? You, th this is what it's all about. The restoration plan of God. He had to marry Israel. You know, we mentioned it uh, Yesterday, from Isaiah chapter, I think it was 50, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Isaiah chapter 50. This is what the Lord says. Where is your mother's certificate of divorce with which I sent her away? Or to which of my creditors did I sell you? You know. What's the book of Hosea all about? You who are not a people will once again become my people. Well, according to rabbinical Judaism, you know. If you marry someone, you know, you break the marriage covenant, you marry another. Romans chapter 7 says you're an adulteress. You're living in adultery. <laughs> you know, you don't really want to hear my views on what I think people should do who are living in adultery. We might not talk about that right now. That might uh, get some people upset. But let me tell you something. If you are divorced and you've married another because of your adulterous behavior and what you've done... I'm not going to celebrate your wedding anniversary. Do you understand me? Right? Because it's not biblical. I'm not going to celebrate your wedding anniversary. You know? I'm talking about believers. If you were not saved and you've come through this, I believe that that's, that's a little different. I'm talking about of faith. 
walking in the faith. We don't need to be walking in rebellion. We've got so many Christian counselors encouraging people to get divorced. Uh, anyway, look, it's another subject. You know, maybe we should do a teaching on it and start dealing with some of this stuff. How should we live our life? How do we deal with this? How do we walk in freedom? Instead, we just got people trying to just push the past and fling it under the rug and say, ah, oh, we don't care. We don't care what the Bible says about this. We're just going to press forward. Where's your certificate of divorce? <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 3. Look, I tell you, I could preach for two and a half hours right now, and I don't really want to because I'm just coming into Shabbat here, and I'm looking forward to a nice meal and time with my family tonight. But see, I want to get this stuff out. I, I'm telling you, I call it a renewed covenant, but I don't care if you say new. That's fine, because it is new. But we're not under Levitical order. Because Levitical order, you know, I've called you to be a kingdom of priests and kings. That you will be priests and kings. Exodus chapter 19. The firstborn belongs to me. But because of the sin, we've got the book of Numbers for what purpose? Because we're weighing up the number of all the firstborns and everything within the tribes so we can make sure that the Levites have got everybody covered. You're not going to have any land. Uh, <coughs> you are the substitute of the firstborn. That's what the Levitical order is all about. You're the substitute <coughs> that you will be a tribe, you know, you know, Brother will will come against brother. Why? Because the the Levites, after the golden calf, they went into the camp and they slew 3,000. They slew their own people, their own family members. They slew. Why? Because of the sin. Because of the sin that took place. So that was a replacement. But when we come into the renewed covenant, where do we stand? We are kings and priests. In the, the covenant. We don't need the Levites to take that position. Where is the scepter according to Genesis chapter 49? I'm just telling you what I believe. <laughs> I'm just telling you what the word says. You know? Because, you know, there's... Look, stop following these lying teachers and lying prophets. Well, they're not even calling themselves prophets because they're just teaching nonsense. You know, verse 10 of Genesis chapter 49... The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he comes to whom it belongs. Let me ask a question. Has Yeshua come? So where is the scepter today? The scepter is held by Yeshua. It's not in the hands of the tribe of Judah. So the northern kingdom, according to Jeremiah chapter 3, God divorced from the northern kingdom. Judah, the southern kingdom, they were just as rebellious, okay? They were just as rebellious. What does it say? Turn there, okay? Uh, verse 7. You can read the whole chapter. If a man divorces his wife, verse 1, and she leaves him and marries another man, should he return to her again? Would not the land be completely defiled? Okay? Um, where do we get that? Okay. Okay. Uh, but you have lived as a prostitute with many lovers. Would you now return to me, declares Yehovah. God divorces the northern kingdom. That's what he does. Verse 7. I thought that after she had done all this, that she would return to me. 
Okay, oh, let's go to verse 6. Sorry, let's read. During the reign of King Josiah, the Lord said to me, Have you seen what faithless Israel has done? She has gone up on every hill, every high hill, and under every spreading tree, and has committed adultery there. I thought that after she had done all this, she would return to me, but she did not. And her unfaithful sister Judah saw it. I gave faithless Israel her certificate of divorce and sent her away because of all her adulteries. Yet I saw that her unfaithful sister Judah had no fear. She also went out and committed adultery because because of Israel's immorality mattered so little to her. She defiled the land and committed adultery with stone and wood. In spite of all of this, her unfaithful sister Judah did not return to me with all of her heart, but only in pretense. Oh, I'll have circumcision of the flesh, but I won't walk in circumcision of the heart. I'm not going to follow your decrees. I'm not going to follow your ways. I'm coming back in pretense. Here comes the spirit of religion. That's pretense. Whitewashed tombs. On the outside, everything looks good. But on the inside, there's, it's death. There's no life. There's no life. Hallelujah. So we see, the, we see the divorce. We see what happens. So when Yeshua died on the cross, the marriage covenant concerning Judah ended because the Messiah died. And the whole reason why he died was so that he could remarry the whole house of Israel. That's why the renewed covenant is with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, the two parties. Because Judah, listen, if you want to get saved, if you want to have a relationship with the Father, Yeshua is the way, the truth, and the life. You cannot come to the Father any other way. You have to receive the Messiah. You have to accept who he is. You've got to be born again. And we see this in the book of Acts. We see Jewish people being born again of the Spirit, repenting of their sins and being born again. And we see those of the nations repenting of their sins and being born again. There's only one gospel. There is only one gospel. So anyway, now you know where I stand. And it's important. And I encourage you, listen, if you're going through stuff, if you're being beat up, if you're being uh, lied to, look, tell people. If you know people who are religious, they're caught up in the lies of the Hebrew Roots movement, then wake them up. You know, I am not, look, I am not insecure. I get all sorts of labels put on me. I don't really care what people think of me. All I need to do is know that I'm walking in the name of Yehovah, that I'm walking in integrity before my God. And if, if, if liars, accusers, false accusers, uh, if people say, well, you're part of this movement, you're part of this ministry, you're part of that ministry, I don't really care. But I will be a teacher of truth, a speaker of truth. And if I have people on that share with me, if I speak at a congregation, if I speak at, a, at an event, that doesn't mean that I subscribe to that location. It means I'm doing what the commission says to do. Go into the world and preach the gospel. We've seen literally hundreds of thousands of people supernaturally set free, you know, millions of people in our ministry supernaturally set free because we are called to be speakers of truth. 
And I don't have all the answers, but I teach very clearly. I will teach on what I know. You'll never see me stand up and say, well, you know, I'm teaching this, but I don't really know if this, you know, maybe this is not right. Maybe, it, listen, if, if you hear any preacher uh, uh, apologizing before they speak, leave the room immediately. Don't waste your time. You know, why spend an hour, two hours, three hours at a conference listening to teachers who are apologizing? Well, maybe this is right, maybe it's not. Listen, that's what you've got people like Jonathan can doing. Well, I'm not telling you take all your money out of the banks. I'm not telling you that, uh, you know, but, you know, maybe you should take your money out of the banks. You know, the end of the world's coming, you know, with these false prophecies and false prophets bringing the humbinger where you have to take the context of the word concerning Israel and applying it to America. That's out of context. The Shemitah is not for the nations. It's for the land right here. You know, it's out of context. The kings going through all the process. It's out of context to the tingling ear. Get away from false prophets and false teachers and start applying to the word. So if we are teaching people in discipleship to know the, the Lord, to walk in his ways, to be led by the Spirit, we need to interact. Don't isolate yourself out there. Don't be afraid to surround yourself with people that don't believe what you believe. You know, just know the truth. And, and look, if you're a babe and Messiah, get around people of truth, you know. But if you're a mature believer, you can go in. I minister to pastors and leaders all the time. I'm involved in conversations and communication and prayer with pastors and leaders all the time who are asking questions about how I walk in Torah. Bring the truth to this generation, but don't join a movement. You don't need to be part of a movement. You know, let them make a movement after you die. Let them work out what you're part of after you're dead. But you, as far as, far as me and my house, we're going to serve Yahovah. We're going to press on. We're going to preach the gospel. I am of the way of Yahovah. You know, and look, there has been some broadcasts. There's been some ministry events I've been asked to speak at where I will not speak at them because of who's on the platform. There's a, uh, you know, look, all I'm saying is guard your heart. You don't need to be part of a movement. You know, when I talk to the Mercianic community in Israel, they're like, oh, you know, those Hebrew Roots people, if you're one of them, we can't trust you because all the people we know in Hebrew Roots for the last 30 years, they've either ended up denying the Messiah or they've got such weird teachings. They're so out there, you know. So all of a sudden they're trying to throw me under that bus. But I'm not going away. I'm here and I'm not going away. I'm going to keep preaching the gospel, keep preaching the truth, and I don't really care who people think I am, what association they think I have. I want to be associated with like-minded people. I want to uh, be known uh, by those who walk in the truth. And, you know, I'm not insecure. So don't just go through my channel or other channels where you see me on and think because I'm on those channels, I must agree with those teachers. No, that doesn't necessarily mean that. And even if I endorse a teacher, if they have a change of viewpoint, two years down the road or five years down the road from when I was endorsing and fellowshipping or ministering with them. I don't need to apologize for uh, for broadcasting, you know. No, but are we having an influence to speak into their lives to bring them back to the truth, you know. But let's be people who walk in truth. Let's make disciples 
of Jesus Christ. Did you say that? Did you say Jesus Christ? Yes, it's okay. You know, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Yeshua. I've seen people healed, delivered, set free in the name of Yeshua. I've seen them delivered, transformed in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you know, come on. So let's stand upon his promises. So just understand, we might walk in a Hebraic way, but that's how all believers are called to walk. Let's get back to the roots of our faith. And don't be offended. You know, I've had many people try to label me in the Hebrew Roots Movement. And when I tell people and when I speak, I say, I want you to know this. I am not part of the Hebrew Roots Movement. It's not a cover-up. I'm just being truthful because I don't, you know. So you you know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get with me. You know? You know what you're going to get. I didn't join the movement. There's so much nonsense in the movement. But listen, there's so much nonsense across multiple denominations. You know, you can go into the evangelical world. You can go into the Pentecostal world, the non-denominational world, and none of it's the same. So why are people throwing people or ministries under the bus of the Hebrew Roots Movement label, you know, because they believe, you know, or, or I'm not two house. I'm one house. I believe that Judah and Israel will come together, are called to come together as one. I, I, I intercede on behalf of the Jews in the land. You know, I want to intercede on behalf of them that they will come to salvation in Messiah. Okay, so I'm not two house. I'm one house. So let's see the Israel and and the house of Israel, the house of Judah come together as one. Ezekiel 37, the two will become one. It's one new man. Ephesians chapter 2, that's what it's talking about. It's not Israel and the church coming together as one. That's more like cancer than it is unity. It's the Yeshua said, I've come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He came to bring the kingdom of God back together. And that's what he preached, the gospel of the kingdom. He didn't preach the gospel of the just say the prayer after me Jesus message. All right. Well, I hope you've been blessed and encouraged. You know, I just want to get that out there because I want you to get the word as we come into Shavuot. And I want to deal with the brokenheartedness. I want to deal with the, the problems that people are going through because I want you to be connected with the Torah. I want you walking in the ways, but you're not called to legalism. You know, you're not called to dress like a religious Jew with your head coverings and your kippahs and your prayer shawls and all that stuff. It's not in the scriptures. Okay, Shabbat Shalom. Hope you're blessed and encouraged. May you have a great Shabbat. I'm looking forward to uh, the message tomorrow. And listen, if you're watching right now, I've only had one person send me a video to share. Come on. Shavuot's about proclaiming your testimony. It's time for mikvah. It's time to share your testimony. If you're part of our uh, gatherings each day, or even if you're just watching for the first time right now, share your testimony. Capture it on video, just a couple of minutes. Send it to me, two, three, four minutes, whatever. Send it to me, and I'll add it to the feed tomorrow. We want we want you to have a platform to share your testimony. If you write something, I might read it out, I might not, but give me some video so that we can just share a bit of video and be an encouragement. And on Sunday, we're, I think we're going to have Haley and Hannah. We're all going to come on and share and just uh, enjoy our time as a family together uh, with the community and uh, spend some 
Shavuot time together in Yeshua's name. Testimony time. Hallelujah. So I think it's going to be Sunday. We're going to do the broadcast with the testimonies. But anyway, get them into me right away. Come on. Get your camera out. Don't take two minutes to do a video. Just share some testimony and let's be an encouragement to each other. All right. Shalom, shalom. Shabbat shalom. Have a blessed rest. And I hope this message is an encouragement to you. Share it with others right now. Hit the share. Tell people about it. Let's start waking up the body of Messiah to walk in his ways, not in the ways of so-called movements. When you look at the people at the head of those movements, they are not people that you want to follow. Thanks for watching. Till next time. Shalom. Shalom.